Hey there, everybody. It's Josh the Merc Rainer here with another edition of Talking Schmodown. This is episode 33. I've been away for a few weeks, got pretty sick there for a little bit. Uh, then I uh, went down to New York Comic Con, uh, so that was pretty fun. So I want to do uh, kind of like a wrap up for the last few weeks that I've missed and then jump into last week's matches. Uh, so, as I say, every single show, let's get ready to talk Schmodown. I am so excited to be back. I have missed you guys. I've missed talking about the Schmodown, and a whole lot of stuff has gone on since I've been away. Uh, so really, I'm just going to jump right into things. Uh, first off, I just want to kind of talk a little bit about uh, some of the stuff I've been doing. Like I said before, I uh, I got pretty sick there for a while, and uh, you know, after I got, got better, I went down to New York Comic Con. Uh, for my other site, DC Comics News, I was doing press for that, and I met some uh, amazing people who have had their time in the Schmodowner with Collider and things like that. Uh, Clark Wolf was one of them. She, I love Clark, and it was amazing to meet her. Uh, Amy Dallin, I met, uh, and then Dan Merle and Mark Knopic. I met them at the uh, Screen Junkies panel. They did a screening of their new documentary. Uh, it's called uh, Never Surrender. It's a Galaxy Quest documentary. It was fantastic, and so I got to meet them there. It was, it was a fantastic time. Um, I, I'd, I'd love to hear who you guys have met from the crew, whether it be uh, you know Schmodown related or uh, you know Collider related, anything like that. So hop on to Twitter at uh, Mer- uh, Movie Blog Merc. Let me know uh, who have you guys met. Uh, like I said, I've met. Uh, I met Clark, Amy, Dan, and Mara this year. Last year, I met uh, Dorian Parks and uh, Gray Drake. Gray, she, she was awesome. We sat there and chatted for a while uh, before we had to go into a, a press room. So that was really cool. But uh, yeah, let me know who you guys have met from uh, from the Schmodown crew. All right, so uh, I'm going to get into a quick recap of the things that I've missed over the last couple of weeks. Uh, the final round one matches took place. We had uh, Ben Bateman versus uh, Shannon, Liz Shannon Miller and uh, Mike Kalinowski versus Janine the Machine at the uh, Schmodown Throwdown. So for the Bateman-Miller match, it was pretty close. Bateman won 17-15. He moved on to round two. Uh, then for Kalinowski versus Janine, Janine really made Kalinowski work for this match. Uh, you know, he wound up getting spinning James Bond in that round two, but at the end of round two, they were tied up, so she really made him work for this win. Uh, he took home the win 20-17, to 17, and he, too, uh, moves on to round number two. Uh, during these matches, we also found out that Lon Harris uh, will have a new partner, and that partner will be Simon Thompson. For those of you who don't know Simon, 
Uh, I don't know if he's still on it, but he at least was on Meet the Movie Press. Uh, I used to listen to that back when Jeff Snyder was on it, uh, and they were on it together. So I, I, I know him from that. Like I said, I haven't, I haven't listened to it in a while, so I'm not sure if he's still on Meet the Movie Press, but I know that he's he's pretty knowledgeable, so I'm excited to uh, see what they can do together. And at the end of the Schmodown Throwdown, Christian revealed what the nuke was. Uh, so obviously, I'm sure most of you have heard what it is. It's been out there for quite a bit, but I haven't had the chance to talk about it. Uh, the nuke is uh, what is essentially now just being called the draft. Season 7 will start out with a full roster draft, all competitors, 115 players. Uh, there will be 10 managers, each with 10 player slots to create uh, their own big team. It's essentially kind of like fantasy football draft, like that kind of thing where you kind of build your own team and you get points, kind uh, kind of thing like that, but you know, in real life, which is kind of neat. So like I said, each overall team will have their own record. You know, so like the players, their 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 current records will stay and and be obviously be added on to as they win and lose matches. Same goes for uh, any current teams that stay together. But the overall team of ten, essentially, it's like a, the stable of ten for each of these managers will uh, have their own record as well. And whoever has the the best record, I guess, at the end of, of the season, there will be some sort of a bigger prize. Christian didn't go into what that prize would be, but some some bigger prize for that team. Uh, if a, so, there was a few stipulations, a few uh, kind of caveats about this, and, and some stuff that he detailed. Uh, if a manager currently has a champion on their team, they will have the option of forfeiting a draft pick to keep that player. So, like for instance. Uh, you have Kaiser, who's got the, uh, the, the the singles champion right now, Paul Oyama. So if Paul stays the champion, uh, you know, th- you know, at the end of the year and into season seven, then Kaiser has the option before all the draft starts and everything. He has the option to say, "I want to keep Paul Oyama on my team," and then he will forfeit uh, a draft pick for that. So that'll essentially be his first round draft pick, which I think that's that, that's cool. I think that uh, that that's fair. Realistically, you know, it, the champions should have, you know, and and the managers who kind of got them there should have that kind of of uh, you know power o- o- over that kind of a pick. Uh, you know, I, I think that definitely works. Uh, we also have, uh, as far as teams go, the champions and the top five teams will be protected, meaning that if uh, one player is picked, their teammate will automatically come over with them. So, for instance, uh, like say the odd couple, if Jeff Snyder gets picked and Draco goes with him automatically and that manager uh, loses their first and second draft round picks or you know whichever you know, time frame, they pick up this team. They, they lose two draft picks for it because it's an automatic take. Uh, any teams that are ranked 6 through 10, the managers have the option of keeping them together or not. So if they just want, I think the, the uh, example that he used was Scream Queens. So if someone picks Haley Fouch, uh, they have the option of taking... Kalen with her or not. If they do choose to take Kalen with her, 
then they sacrifice a, a second uh, draft pick. Uh, and all other teams have no protections. So, I mean, it's possible that a, a team could stay together. Uh, you know, so like, for instance, a manager could draft Josh Makuga. And then when it comes back around to that manager, if no one's picked him, they could then pick Elliot Dewberry and the team of the Wildberries would stay together. Um, so, But I feel like for the most part, I feel like that's not going to happen. Um, for most of the teams that are outside of the top 10, they will probably be no more. So if, uh, if you've been looking forward to some of those lower-ranked teams coming back, you might want to go and rewatch some of their matches now because you might not ever see them play together again. Uh, Christian said that there are more rules to come uh, later on, and that a full the, the full draft will take place in January, and fans will be able to attend. He didn't give an exact date yet, but I'm sure that will come soon. So then we had uh, the first two matches in round two. Uh, which I missed, which were Brendan Meyer versus Stacy Howard. Uh, Brendan won via TKO 16 to 6. Stacy really had a bad match here, man. Uh, she's kind of hit or miss, I've noticed, throughout her career. And her last two matches, the one against Riley and then this one against Brendan Meyer, really showcase just how kind of hit or miss she really is. Um, like I love her, I love her as a player, uh, but the you know that's why I wound up picking uh, Riley in round one is just because she's so unpredictable when it comes to this. Like she, you can't really rely on her to pick up that win because she could have a real bad day like she did here, um, and I feel like it happens more more often than not. I mean, if you look at her record. Now she's she's a she's a 500 player. She's I think she's five and five or something like that. You know, so half and half. Which, like I said, she's hit or miss. So uh, you know, it, it's she she definitely upset and broke a lot of brackets, but unfortunately was not able to get past round two. Uh, then we had Ben Bateman versus Paul Preston. Ben Bateman uh, picked up the a close win here, twenty to nineteen. Uh, Preston, you know, I love Paul. He He's one of my favorite competitors, one of my favorite rookies for this year. Uh, he's going through some stuff, unfortunately. His wife, Karen, is battling cancer. Uh, and so I have a fee- I really have a, a strong feeling that that whole situation took a toll on him during this match and uh, shook his game a little bit, unfortunately. But, you know, I, I'm sure we will see him back. In, in action next year, and I really, really look forward to seeing that. Um, if, if you guys are able, please head over to uh, Paul's uh, fundraiser for his wife, Karen. It's uh, GoFundMe.com slash SavingTheDay. It's S-A-V-I-N-T-H-E-D-A-Y, SavingTheDay. Uh, so it's go, GoFundMe.com slash SavingTheDay. Donate whatever you can, you know, even if it's a dollar, you know, just something to help them out uh, to get through this tough time. You know, they're going to need all the help that they can get. Cancer is a bitch, uh, and, and, and someone just needs to punch cancer right in the face. So uh, if you can do it, head on over. Again, that's GoFundMe.com slash SavingTheDay. 
Uh, so some things that we learned during uh, these two matches for round two, these first two matches, uh, Brendan, uh, Brandon Hanna, officially not part of the Horsemen anymore. Uh, we had that, you know, we first saw him uh, cozy up to Ben and join the Horsemen, and then the next time we saw him sign some sort of contract with the family, and we didn't know what exactly was going on. You know, he you know he was talking with Guy in, in, in one scene at one point, but they did a scene with Brandon and, uh, and Ben, and it solidifies that he is definitely not part of the Horseman. He is full-fledged the family. Uh, he, he calls him a, 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 a joke or a loser or whatever um, and, and really just kind of slams the Horseman, slams Ben, and just that you know takes off and let, that's where it is. So, you know, it's, it's set in stone. There's no more ifs, ands, or buts about it. Definitely not in the Horseman. And I gotta say, I'm a little disappointed that they didn't kind of stretch this out a little bit, kind of do a little bit more with it. You know, really make you know Ben and the Horsemen think that he was gonna be part of their team and do something with this whole thing with the contract. I, I don't know. I feel like it was a a dropped ball, a missed opportunity, something. Uh, I don't know what happened. I don't know if something changed. And they just decided not to really kind of dive into this storyline. But I think it could have been something good. I really do. Uh, the other one was, uh, we saw Mara learned that, uh, Robert Meyer Burnett is no longer in charge of the inner geekdom. As we've seen lately, she's been pretty much stalking Robert Meyer Burnett, trying to get him to give her the match that she says she deserves, you know, the, the automatic rematch that she was promised. Uh, so she finds out that Emma is back in charge, and I gotta say... Emma may uh, regret telling her this because she may just have to deal with the uh, what I'm calling the creeper Mara, uh, which I love. I, I love what they what they're doing with her, and I love seeing her back. But uh, the creeper Mara stalking around the uh, the Schmodown offices, you know, trying to get that match done. So I'm interested to see and excited to see where they go with all of this. Uh, and then the last thing that I want to mention before we get into uh, this week's matches uh, is on Christian's new live show over on the SEN network. Uh, during episode number three, a fan proposed some new rules for the movie trivia Schmodown. Now, two of them Christian didn't really care too much about. Uh, one of them, it was uh, mixed bag, always on the wheel. Christian really, he was like, eh. And then um, no spinners or opponent's choice in the betting round of a five-round match. Christian actually believes the opposite. He thinks that it should definitely be, you know, ha- the option of that should definitely be there. Uh, like the, the the champ should have that option to put it on and, and not take that off. Because um, he, he liked, you know, how it kind of worked for, for Paul Preston. You know, if you are ahead and you have... You know, you should have that advantage, um, which, you know what, I, I, I see I see his point there. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of it being on there, but you know what, it makes the game more interesting that way uh, because you never know what's going to happen, and, and that's kind of what, I'll, yeah, that unpredictability of the game is one of the things I love about it. But the, the third, or technically it was the second, but the other uh, rule that this, this fan proposed was a bit more interesting. Uh, and that rule was that no player can choose the same wheel slice in back-to-back matches. Now, 
Christian went on to say that they actually have discussed a new rule for next year that is very similar to this, and it will be uh, put into effect during Season 7. Uh, this he, he announced it here on, on SEN Live number 3, uh, and so they have decided that if a player picks the same category... Okay, so real quick, uh, for those of you who are unaware of the background stuff that goes on, the behind-the-scenes kind of stuff for the Schmodown, uh, each player... Before a match, they get to choose, I think it's two slices uh, for the wheel. So, like, two of their strengths, they get to pick to, to, to go on the wheel. Um, so, with that in mind, this rule, this new rule will be if, uh, if a player picks the same category to be on the wheel two matches in a row, they cannot put that same category on the wheel for their next match. So, let's take Mike Kalinowski, for instance. You know, he, he puts... James Bond on there all the time. So if he puts James Bond on the wheel two times in a row, that third time, James Bond cannot go on the wheel at all. And go back on after that, but there has to be a, a break there. And I think that this will make things a bit more fair, a bit more interesting, and mix things up. Uh, I'm, I'm actually pretty excited for this rule, so... So let me know what you guys think before we hop into these. Let me know. Hop on to Twitter, at MovieBlogMerk. What do you think of this new rule? What do you think of all the stuff uh, that I just talked about the last uh, few matches? Uh, you know, Did things go your way uh, in the bracket? Let me know. And uh, also, make sure you go over to Paul Preston's fundraiser, GoFundMe.com slash day and donate what you can. All right, so we're going to hop into the first match, and that is John Roca versus Mike Kalinowski. The winner moves on to round three of the Ultimate Schmodown tournament, uh, singles tournament. Uh, so we start off with an opening scene with Frank Janish and Brad Gilmore from the uh, Schmodown Rundown. My inspiration for this show, I love those guys. Uh, Gilmore is great on the mic, I have to say. I've always said this. I've always thought this. Uh, hashtag the boat. But keep an eye out there, Gilmore. I'm coming for you. Hashtag capsize. That's right. The boat is going down. And what was funny about this scene is that, you know, a, you know, a bunch of different competitors kept kind of coming up and, you know, saying hey to Frank, but... Then they had no idea who Brad was, and it was just a really funny, kind of fun thing. We had like Rachel Silvestrini walk through, uh, Mark and Draco, uh, Eric Zipper, William Bibiani, Brendan Meyer, and none of them seemed to know who Brad was. And I thought this was just a really kind of just a funny thing. It wasn't anything important. It wasn't like something that you needed to see in order to make sense of what's going on in the Schmodown. It was just a nice, funny opener for uh, for this match, and I, I loved it. I thought it was great, and uh, and Brad played it played it off really well. Uh, and speaking of Brad, he joined Ellis on the desk for this match. Uh, as I said before, he is great on the mic, but uh, if you want to call it a belt. Call it a belt. I'm going to call it a belt. I don't care. Uh, belts aren't only used to hold your pants up, sir. Uh, you know, cars have belts. They have serpentine belts, timing belts, fam belts, all kinds of belts. So let's get this trending. Hashtag Schmodown Belt. 
and tag Brad Gilmore in that. Hashtag the boat. Hashtag capsize. There you go. So Mike comes out first with Grace and Ken. Ken is eating something. I have no idea what the hell it was. But I feel like that's like been his thing lately. He just comes out eating something. Uh, and Grace is looking gorgeous as usual. Uh, Mikey Two Belts. He doesn't need any flashy entrances. He he is Flash. You know, and speaking of Flash, John Roca, this guy, came out to the Flash Gordon theme and I had to pause my video because I was laughing so hard. It was perfect. I absolutely loved it. Uh, he came out with Dan, uh, Tom Dagnino and uh, uh, Dan Merle. And then they get settled and we hop in to round number one. This was, uh, for the first few questions, it was pretty standard. You know, it was, They were just kind of going back and forth. Um hearing Bibiani during the, I think it was the second question, just kind of voraciously boo them both for dissing White House down was great. Made me laugh quite a bit. I love that they bring it back up later on uh, during like, I think it was during the, uh, the exit intros there, the, the exit interviews, the, the post-match interviews, whatever you want to call them. Uh, but then John Roca started to just kind of fall. He, he trailed behind quite a bit uh, while, uh, Mike got himself a perfect round. John had five points, Mike had eight, and Mike went on to uh, get his uh, bonus question right, which happened to be an MCU question, ending round one, five to nine. Uh, this is exactly why Mike should never be counted out. You should never underestimate him. Uh, he can he can do a lot, man. Th- this guy, he can. People always like to underestimate him, even. If he's, you know, even if he loses, he still performs really, really well. And you should never uh, underestimate this guy. Round two comes up. Mike uh, claims he didn't know that uh, they couldn't choose to take spinner's choice and opponent's choice off in a normal in normal gameplay. But it's like, dude, you've been playing this game for a long time. You should you should know that by now. So Mike goes on, spins movie quotes, uh, and respins to classics. Uh, his wheel luck may have finally run out, not getting Spinner's choice, or yeah, not getting all that stuff, not getting James Bond or any, any anything like that. And he absolutely tanks this round. Uh, he doesn't doesn't answer a single question right. Goes to multiple choice. He goes to multiple choice three times and still isn't able to even on a guess get a point. But on all three of those multiple choice uh, options, John Roca picks up a one point steal. Um, the first question, I gotta say, I'm shocked that he didn't know that Kubrick directed Doctor Strangelove. I'm sitting here like screaming at my my TV that it's Kubrick. Before the options even come up. And I've only seen that movie once. And I watched it in like two or three different parts. Like, like I watched because I watched like like a 40 minute chunk here or whatever, you know. And, and I knew who the hell directed this movie. It's like, come on, dude. What are you doing? Stop focusing on freaking James Bond and and brush up on some classics, man. Because obviously that is a huge weakness for Mike Kalinowski's classics. And now everybody knows it. 
He completely tanked Classics. And any time that he lands on opponent's choice, if Classics is on there, I bet I would, I would, uh, I, I, I feel like it would be stupid not to give it to him. And I bet your ass that that's what's going to wind up happening. So start brushing up, Mike, because uh, if you wanna if you wanna get on up to uh, Mikey three belts and and not lose a belt, then then you you need to brush up on these classics. So then we get into Roca's round, and he spins eighties and decides to keep, and he does the exact opposite of Mike Kalinowski and hits every single one of his questions. He goes to multiple choice three times, but he hits all of them uh, for a total of five points and with that three that he wound up getting uh, during Mike's round he pulls ahead uh, at the end of this round Roka with some Makuga level guessing ends this round 13 to 9 so he comes out of round one trailing by four points and comes out of round two ahead by four points this is one of the biggest Swings, I, I think I've seen. You'd probably have to go talk to Frank Janish, the stats man over there, uh, as to whether or not that's accurate. But that's a pretty huge swing to, to swing eight points uh, between round one and two. Like that, that's wild to me. That, that's absolutely wild. And also, Brad, boat, hashtag capsize. It's Robert Loja, not Logia. What are you doing, man? It's Loja. Ugh. You're killing me, man. You're killing me, Smalls. Anyways. So then we uh, we get into round three. And at this point, man, Mike is not in a great place. It's not impossible for him to bounce back, but it's not a good place to be. Um, Mike starts off the round. He hits his two and three point questions, which is good. Because he, he absolutely needed those. It caught him up. Made it so that he was out of TKO range. Um, so John Roca had to go. He hits his two-pointer. It swings back over to Mike Kalinowski, who is forced to uh, go for his five-pointer. And unfortunately for Mike, his time in the Ultimate Schmodown singles tournament is over as he misses his three his five-point question. And John Roca wins the match 15-14. to 14. Not a very high scoring match overall, but it got the job done. Uh, it was a rough game for, for Mike. It really was. And I really hope it doesn't affect his gameplay for the Orlando show. Now, I'm not saying that I want Corruption to win, because I don't. I want the Founding Fathers to win. But I want him to put on the best possible show he can. And I really hope that this loss doesn't shake him to where it's just like some sort of crazy blowout. Because personally, for me, the blowouts are not nearly as fun and entertaining as these high-tension, close, back-and-forth matches. That's what you want to see. That's what pulls people in. So I hope he can pull himself up and uh, you know from this and be, be stronger going forward. You know, And again, man, study classics. You really got to hit that, hit that hard. Roka's pretty fired up here. He, he you know, and I, I gotta say, I love it. He, he, anytime he gets on the mic, he just goes, and it, and it's fantastic. Even if he kind of flubs a little bit, you know, he plays it off, you know, he laughs it off, and he just gets right back into it because he, he he's got a lot to say, and he's gonna say it. Um, 
And I gotta say, I feel like this was probably one of the longest post-match interviews that they that I have seen. Uh, it was pretty damn long, man. Uh, even even Jen uh, commented on that. Uh, so when we got an ending scene with this one, Kaiser approached Ethan Irwin and he tries to recruit him. Uh, Ethan says that he appreciates it, but he is not going anywhere. He's staying with Jay Washington. So uh, you know, I I liked to see Kaiser out there trying to do his thing. And after everything that you know, with the reveal of the nuke, you know, Christian said, you know, we're probably gonna see. Uh, you know, managers cozying up the players and vice versa and kind of seeing where things might wind up. And we've started seeing it here. So I'm glad that they right away started getting into things and, and kind of kind of showing us what we might be in store for uh, for next year. All right, so right now before we hop into the second match, we're going to stop real quick for an ad break. Uh, so you can hear about all of the other great shows that we have here on the Merc with a Movie blog podcast feed. So I will be right back with more Talkin' Schmodown. Hey everybody, Jay Wade here to tell you about After Live, our unofficial Collider Live after show podcast that's like sitting in your living room on a Saturday night hanging with your friends. Sarah, Kaylin, Mike, and I talk about everything from Roxy being directionally challenged, Christian never having watched a thing, Darina's witchy, witchy ways, Makuga being scared of everything, to Yodi screaming that it's not a big fucking deal! Find us on Merc with a Movie blog on all your podcasting platforms, including Anchor. Talk to you then. everyone, this is Sarah, host of Go Get That Rose podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to talking about all things Bachelor Nation. Join Jay Wade, a man in his 40s who is recently new to all things Bachelor Nation, and myself, someone who has been watching passionately for the past three years, as we review, share our thoughts on each episode of whatever show is currently on TV, whether that is Bachelor, Bachelorette, or Bachelor in Paradise. We might not even know everyone's names, but we have fun nonetheless. You can find us on Merkwood and Movie Blog Feed wherever you listen to podcasts. Alright everybody, so I hope that uh, you go and you check out some of those uh, shows that we got going on on the on the network. Uh, and so now we're going to hop into match number two. That is Ethan Irwin versus William Bibiani. This is the match. This is the match that a lot of people wished could have been saved for at least round three. Maybe uh, getting into like maybe a finals. Uh, I do wish that they were... Uh, on the opposite sides of the bracket, to be honest with you, um, that way, or, or at least not in the same uh, quadrant of the bracket. That way, it would have at least gone into round uh, three instead of here in round two. Because uh, because this is a power match, man. In the way that these guys play, you see it. Uh, so we start off with an opening scene. We've got Kevin Smets in the back. Jay approaches, and again, we see someone try to do some recruiting. So, you know, you had Kaiser trying to recruit one of Jay's guys, and Jay trying to recruit one of Kaiser's guys. Makes sense. Uh, He even proposes the possibility of a trade. 
And I'm like, who is he going to trade? And then it, it, it dawned on me. Would he really give Kaiser what he wants? Would he really give up Ethan Irwin for Kevin Smets? Or would he turn on his girl Janine? Like, I I don't like either of these scenarios, you know? I, I would prefer him to just come on over. But, man, I don't know. I... I I'd love to see Kevin over there on that team. I think that would be kind of awesome. But I just, I hope that a trade isn't the way that things are actually going to go down because I don't want to see Jay betray either of those two players. So we have uh, Harloff and Ellis on the desk for this match. Uh, Bibiani comes out first, murdering a whole bunch of people with a sword, which I thought was great. Brendan Meyer calmed him down, got him, got him back. Uh, to, to the bibs that we know and love so he stops murdering people he's just over there hacking and slashing and stabbing and blood's flying everywhere it was pretty fun to watch <laughs> and then Ethan comes out next with Jay and Janine no big flashy entrance in it. Ethan's not really one for that uh, so then we hop into the first round and this was super close uh, Ethan missed one question and Bibbs wound up with a perfect round. However, he did miss his bonus. Uh, the question was the Martian. He answered Earth to Echo, which I, I have never seen Earth to Echo, so I don't know if uh, if that tagline would fit with it or not. But uh, I instantly said the Martian. And again, that's a movie I've only seen one time. Uh, but I instantly was like, that sounds like the Martian. So that's what, you know, and it, and it was, so... So round one, it, you know, ended seven to eight in favor of William Bibiani. Super close match, and I wouldn't expect anything else from these guys. I really, you know, they're powerhouse players through and through, and uh, you know, you always expect greatness coming out come out of their matches. So we hop into round number two. Bibiani defers. Ethan spins nineties, and of course, keeps he loves those decade categories, and it shows because he clears the board, getting all eight points. Swept that round uh, as expected, really. He truly is, as his uh, nickname states, big time. He really is, man. Uh, so then it's up to Bibiani. He spins Kurt Russell. Uh, not really feeling that one. Respins lands on one of his strengths. Horror. And he, too, uh, swept his round, though. He did have to go to multiple choice once. So he wound up getting seven points during his round, his portion of the round. Uh, he doubted himself, had to go to that multiple choice, but luckily for him, th- that didn't cost him too much because they come out of round two completely tied, 15-15. to 15. These guys are on even keel here at this point. And so it all just comes down to round three. Uh, and realistically, it comes down to one question because they both answer their two and three point questions, and Bibiani answers his five. So it all comes down to uh, Ethan's five-point question. If he hits it, they go into sudden death. If he misses it, then William Bibiani is the winner. And unfortunately for Ethan, he was not able to capitalize. He was not able to get that question right. And William Bibiani takes the match 25-20 to 20 and will play uh, John Roca in, a, in the semifinals of the tournament in their rubber match, their third match. Uh... Bibbs won uh, one, Roca won one, and now it's time to find out who truly is the better player uh, in this rubber match.
Uh, Bibiani is killing it this season, and I am so thrilled. I love this guy. Uh, when he first came on the scene, I was because uh, I, you know, I'd never heard of him really. I didn't know who he was. Uh, I was really unsure of him. I mean, he he's a great player, but he has turned out to be like an awesome guy as well, and not just uh, an awesome player. Um, and I am still confident that he will make it to the finals of this tournament. If you go back and you listen to the episode where I uh, laid out my bracket, or you go back and find, because I, I know I posted my bracket on Facebook and on uh, Twitter, so you can go and find those. You'll see that I have William Bibiani facing off against his partner, Brendan Meyer, in the finals of this tournament. So here, you know, here's hoping that that's what happens you know, for me, at least I believe, I really do believe that Bibiani will, will make it all the way, no matter what. Uh, and it, you know, speaking of Brendan Meyer, you know, it, it seems that the fine young tenderoni is really becoming a thing. Thanks, Brad Gilmore. Hashtag capsize. I'm going to make this thing trend, I, I, I swear. So this ends round two of the Ultimate Schmodown Singles Tournament. Uh, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about uh, you know where my where I am with my bracket as we head into round three. Uh, so far, out of uh, let's see what has there been total eight, nine, ten, twelve matches total. I have only missed two, which I'm I'm I think that's pretty pretty good. Uh, I got the Stacy Howard Mark Riley match incorrect. I I chose Riley, wound up being Stacy. Uh, in the first round, all the other matches in round one got correct. Uh, and then round two, I had uh, Ben Bateman versus Paul Preston. I had Paul Preston taking that one, uh, but unfortunately ben, for him, Ben Bateman uh, did come out the winner on that one. But I did have the other three correct. So for this portion of the bracket, going into round three... My picks at this point are uh, Brennan Meyer winning over Ben Bateman and William Bibiani winning over John Roca with William Bibiani winning the whole damn thing and going on hopefully to take on uh, Paul Oyama and win back that title. That's where I'm hoping things will go with this tournament. So that wraps up everything uh, for what happened last week on the movie trivia Schmodown. This was uh, I, I really enjoyed catching up on everything and, and kind of just being able to talk about it all. You know, finally seeing like what was going on with the nuke and all that stuff, and being able to talk about it. It was it was a fantastic time. So let me know what you guys thought of these these two matches. Uh, you know, did you get them correct in your bracket? How busted is your bracket? Share it with me on Twitter at MovieBlogMerk. And uh, so next time on Talking Schmodown, we will have uh, the entirety of round three of the Ultimate Schmodown Singles Tournament. John Roca versus William Bibiani and Brendan Meyer versus Ben Bateman. Har- Harloff announced on his Facebook uh, that if Brendan Meyer wins uh, his match this week, he will face either Bibbs or Roca on Saturday during the uh, Live Orlando show. But if Ben Bateman wins due to his back surgery, they will move the finals to the Spectacular, and a new undercard match will be chosen for the uh, Orlando show. Again, this all depends 
on the Brendan Meyer uh, Ben Bateman match for this week. So be sure to check that out. And speaking of Orlando, Orlando is coming up uh, October 19th, and we will see corruption versus the Founding Fathers. And if the Founding Fathers lose, they will have to break up as a team. So uh, I'm really hoping that that doesn't happen. Though, you know, I mean, they are top, so hopefully they will be protected. Hopefully Dagnino will have the, enough smarts to keep his teams together. Uh, then on October 28th, we have the Ultimate Schmodown Teams Tournament beginning with the Odd Couple versus Only Stupid Answers. Uh, then on a couple days later, October 30th, we have the Horror Exhibition Match. So I'm really excited for this one. It's one of my favorites. They did they did uh, one last year, and I'm hoping that this year we actually get to see both Clark and Perry involved somehow in this match. I'm hoping maybe Perry competes and maybe Clark on the on the desk. I think that would be cool. And then December seventh, the Schmodown Spectacular. Uh, you know, five big matches. You have one that's uh, hasn't been announced yet. And then uh, all of the titles on the line. Uh, so we have the Star Wars Championship, Inner Geekdom Championship, the Teams Championship, and the Singles Championship, dependent on that Bateman-Meyer match as to whether or not it'll actually take place there. I don't know what will happen, uh, you know, because this is the last, the last, ma- last show for um, this season. So, Paul Yama, if that's the case, Paul Yama just won't have a match leaving this season. He won't have to defend his title. And that's a bit of a bummer if that's the case. But I guess we will just have to wait and see. So, that is it for me. Again, hop on Twitter at MovieBlogMark and let me know what you thought of uh, this week and all of everything that's coming up, you know. Uh, I think next week I'm going to break down the tag team division uh, bracket that was released a bit ago and kind of put out what my picks are for that. Um, so that way there's a little bit of space between it and the actual start of the uh, of, uh, of the tournament. So let me know. Hop on to all your social media accounts. I am on Facebook and YouTube at Merck with a movie blog. And I am on Twitter and Instagram at movie blog Merck. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast feed, Merc with a Movie Blog podcast feed, on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, I'm on like Breaker, Radio Public, all kinds of places. I'm all out there. Uh, and we have lots of good shows. We've got After Live, which is a Collider Live after show. We've got Go Get That Rose, which is a Bachelor Nation podcast. And, of course, Talking Schmodown. Uh, and there will be more things coming to the channel soon. More things, uh, we've been talking about some review type stuff, uh, maybe doing like a Mandalorian review each week, and some more things that will be announced soon. So, thank you again. I am Josh the Merc Rainer. It has been my pleasure to talk Schmodown with you, and I hope that you guys have enjoyed it as much as me. And as always, I just want to say that you guys are the best. And if you want to get your voices heard on any of the shows here on the Merc with the Movie Blog podcast feed, head on over to Anchor and leave me or any of the crew 
a voice message. You can do that on Anchor specifically. They do voice messages that we can add right into the podcast. Um, so if you have a question or a comment, just head on over to anchor.fm slash movieblogmerk. That is anchor.fm slash movieblogmerk. And you can leave a voicemail, uh, a voice message there and uh, we will play that on air. So uh, please head over there and do that. And with all of that said and done, we have been talking Schmodown. See you next time.